Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to the Good Stuff Smiles for Miles podcast. I am your host, Bethany Eaton, and today I am so excited for this episode. I brought on two of my teammates, and these two are probably some of the fastest people I know. So welcome to the podcast, Mr. Joel Photo and Carter Holland. Welcome. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I am so excited to have you. So I want to start off my guests with a question, and my icebreaker for you today is, in your opinion, what running shoe brand is the best and why? Definitely Brooks. There's nothing like it. Brooks. That's it? Um... Honestly, I haven't tried very many shoes, if I'm being honest. I'm kind of new to running, but they definitely feel the best, and they're the shoe I'm currently wearing, so. Okay. I've been I've been running for a while now, and I had been running in Brooks, and then, like, I got a pair of Nikes, and then I got hurt, like, right away. So then I got another pair of Brooks, and I haven't had as many problems since, so Brooks is definitely the go-to. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm a big Brooks fan. But I want to start this podcast off with asking Joel about his experience in the chocolate milk mile. Joel, how was that? Um, yeah, it was an experience. That's all. I, uh, yeah. What place did you get? We're not going to talk about that. Uh, if you want to know, you can watch the video. Where can the, we find the video? The Corn Runners. The Corn Runners. Yep. Check us out on YouTube. Yep. The Corn Runners. We're pretty famous at this point. Carter, how was videoing it? Was it fun? Oh, yeah. It's a lot better than actually running it. Yeah. You see, the Milk Mile shows character. Shows character. (laughs) Okay. Shows your dominance. Okay. Yep. Carter, you should run it next year. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I think you should. I mean, Gabe can run it, and if Joel can run it, you can run it. Oh, I don't doubt that I'm capable. I'm just (laughs) smarter than doing that to myself. Smarter than doing that. Uh You don't want to throw up at the end, you know, like Joel did. I don't think so. No? It's worth it, guys. Those (laughs) that are listening, yes, it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, well, to start off the questions, I want to talk about some running questions. So the first question is, what is the key to becoming a good runner? Um, I'd say the biggest thing is just consistency and just going out and running, like, every day. And not not to start every day, but just being consistent with it, whether it's, like three days a week or four days a week, just building up till you're running consistently because that's like the thing that's going to end up making you better. Mm-hmm. Anything to add, Joel? Um, I would say like three things. Like what you eat is very important, something that I've struggled with a lot. Um, getting plenty of sleep and also like when you have runs and workouts, uh, being able to like go hard some days but also like taking it easy other days and like giving your body enough rest that it needs to be able to perform at its best. Okay. Like how many times did you eat out, Joel, before you started running? Um <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot. He basically got fast food for lunch every single day and every <laughs> single night. Yep. Yeah, so I mean times a twig. week. I don't know. I had to have been like twenty. Hey, it's okay for you Probably. guys listening. He just got over 100 pounds finally. He, no. I'm 140 <laughs> people. I'm built like a unit. Well, at least you learned your lesson and now you're eating healthy foods. Yes. Right, Joel? Yes. Okay. Carter, you eat healthy it. foods a lot. Yeah. With okay. help of a professional, but. Yeah, I, I am the professional. No, I, didn't, I actually. I didn't need help. You didn't need help. Uh-huh. Okay, well, next question. How'd you guys become the runners you are today? Um. I would say 
my parents were very athletic people growing up. And when I was like eight years old, I um, started running just because my dad kind of forced me to. I didn't really enjoy it very much. It kind of just made me like go on the track and run a mile as fast as I can. That was like all I had to do. And I would cry after that. <laughs> you would cry? <laughs> a lot. I'd cry a lot. Um, but I kind of, that's where I kind of like, I don't know, I guess I had a love for it. Not exactly my favorite thing to do, but it's definitely something that I could like bond with my dad about. And so I think that's why I started to end up doing track and now I'm moving into cross country my second year. Do you like running with so. your brother? Um, sure. Yeah, it's sure. not a bad thing. It's, he's like a teammate to me. I don't really, it's different. I don't see him like a brother as much. I see mm -hmm. him more as a teammate. So. Okay, okay. Carter? Um, honestly, the thing that kind of got me into running, this sounds funny, but there's the mayor's run, the mile race around the Capitol. True. So I think I got, I don't know, I placed in that race, and then the next, like, few years I won that race, and so then I kind of, like, started running more, and then I ended up doing club track, and then, yeah, just lots of training, and, yeah, I love it. Oh, well, that's really fun. Well, for the people who want to start get, getting into running, running, what are, like, tips you have to being, like, a good runner or just, like, starting out? Um, I'd say, honestly, the hardest thing is just getting out the door. Just put your shoes on, and it doesn't really matter how far you run at the start. Just go out there and get running, whether it's you just have to start with five minutes or ten minutes, and you only run, like, two times a week. But just start at that and then build up from there. Yeah. Definitely surround yourself, if you can, with people that want the same goals as you do because it makes it way easier on yourself if you have people that want to run with you. Yeah. Okay. I totally agree. Well, I mentioned this last episode, but you guys both went to Mexicali, so I want to, like, get your experience. Like, how was that? How did it feel to go to Mexicali and help the kids down there? Um, it was definitely a very different environment. I have never been out of the country before, um, so it was very different as, like, a sense that, like, it's very dirty there. Um, the, like, Christian faith really isn't as prevalent. Um, I mean, even when we walked, like, came through the gate, um, the border, there was just trash immediately, and there were shacks all over the place. It's kind of an eye-opening experience that you just completely different lifestyle that they live compared to how fortunate we are in the States. Yeah, it's definitely a lot different, and it's super eye-opening, and just to, like, how comfortable we get here, and, like, what it looks like to step out of our comfort zone, even if it's just for a week there, like, we go there, and the showers aren't warm, and we, like, think that's, oh, that's Crazy. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can't flush the toilets, which, okay, and it smells at times pretty bad, but for them, that's their normal life, mm -hmm. which is kind of different and hard to put your mind around as being, like, United States. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy to see the difference there, but then even when we went to, like, the churches and just seeing, like, the people there, their joy, and they're, like... How much they love Jesus is uh -huh. just like cool because they're not as like there's not they're not caught up in as much things around them and like they just don't have as much but they have so much joy for Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of like leads on to my next question with staying on the topic of Mexicali. Like, what was the number one thing like God taught you through it, and like how did like change your point of view on how we live? Um, I just say that week helped me learn like what living intentionally for Christ looks like. I think here like. 
I just get comfortable and kind of go through the motions a lot. But like there, like everything we did was like centered around Christ and like advancing the gospel. So it's just really cool to see like what it looks like to truly live intentionally for Christ and like have that be the center of your life. And so I was just really challenged while I was there to bring that back here and live like that all the time, not just there. Yeah. That's literally what I was going to say. Okay. That's yeah. all right, though. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like what Carter was saying, like living a life that is intentional. Like they are less fortunate in a way. And honestly, it's kind of sad to think about, like, how little kids growing up with like, their parents can't afford – Christmas presents or they can't get them birthday gifts like that's something that's so in the culture at, in the United States that like being able to like see that is such a great experience and I wish that like people would understand the significance of that yeah so would you like definitely encourage people to go on Mexico yes yeah, yeah for sure definitely a great experience yeah it already, looked like you had a really fun time. I already can't wait to go back. Uh, the kids there are just so happy, mm -hmm. and they, they just love seeing you. And it's just mm -hmm. so fun to interact with them, even though there's, like, the language barrier. So it's, like, hard, but, like, just the joy they have and just being able to spend time with them is super special. Yeah, and, yeah. like, I didn't have this on my list of questions, but, like, did the kids teach you anything down there in Mexico? Oh, uh, teach me. I mean, we kind of already talked about it, but just, like, it's eye-opening to see, like, how joyful they are, even with what little they have, and just how their lives are more simple than ours, but, yeah. like, they have that joy. And then just, like, sometimes they were difficult, so I don't mm -hmm. know. Just learning patience and... Oh, definitely. Yes. There's definitely some challenging kids. Yeah. But at the same time, um, that's kind of, like, how they... They're not raised in the greatest environments, but our job there was to just introduce the word to them to get them on the right path. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And has it definitely like taught you to be more thankful for what you have here? Way more. Yeah, yes. for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I hope to go in Mexicali at one time, but I want to move into questions about tying faith and running together. So uh -huh. like, what does it look like to be an athlete for God? And like kind of part two of that is like, how do we let God shine during like, a cross-country race or track race or like even during like practice I'd say being an athlete for God like it's easy to like say you want to do that but mm -hmm. hard to actually do but just like competing in such a way that people can see that there's something different about you and just doing that by competing and competing well and like competing your hardest and then just like after the race just being nice to people like not being a jerk and just being friendly and yeah, they can see that there's something different about us. Like, even if you lose to someone, telling them good job. Yeah. Like, just those kind of things go a long ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, our goal, like, is to glorify God in all that we do. And, I mean, I definitely, at time, like, for me especially, uh, I get caught up on the time that I run or the place that I finish when that doesn't matter at all. But what matters is us bringing other people closer to God as well as giving us our best effort to bring God the most glory. Yeah. I liked how you talk about being encouraging Carter with, like, just telling, like, the runners, good job, and even, like, they might have beaten you, like, just, like, just still being encouraging because, like, even when you're, like, when you are encouraging people, you're, like, showing the love of Jesus to them uh -huh. where some people just don't say good job after all because they're so mad that they lost to that one person, but it's, like, really good to just say good job. 
So, like, um, how do – you kind of talked about it, but, like, how do we, like, show love to the runners that we are competing against in a race and, like, like give some examples of how you've, like, shown love to them? Yeah, I think we have, like, a super cool opportunity because, like, we race a lot of the same people, like, week after week. And so, like, you can kind of get to know them. And it might not be that, like, they're gonna, you're gonna know, they're gonna notice something different like the first time. But as you like get to know them better, you can just have more opportunities to like share Christ with them, and that they'll start to notice there's something different about you. And yeah, I don't know. I always kind of like the people that I was like close to in the race. I always kind of go give them high fives and tell them good job and try and talk to them after the race. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what, what like would you do if like someone like maybe they didn't have a the best race but you still like try to encourage them but they like push you away like how do you like react to that or like how would you handle that I mean yeah that definitely happens because like you can totally tell like everyone knows what it feel, feels like if you have a bad race mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel good and nobody likes it but ultimately like just going o- over to them and like just telling them like you had one bad race everyone has bad races yeah. and it's just moving on to the next one and then from like a biblical perspective like as Christians we don't have to get caught up in that like bad race because like our eternity is already set for us and we don't have to worry about that yeah totally I like how you talked about like you know like the eternity and stuff like that because like I like when like people say like God praises us in the best and worst times of our life uh-huh. so uh, God's still um, satisfied with us even though we run a bad race like it doesn't matter to him um, but I do want to talk about, like, why is it so hard today to, like, to remember to glorify God in everything we do? Like, not just in running, but just, like, um, stuff we do, like, every day in our lives. Uh, i just say that we're, as, like, a mankind, we're just very selfish. Um, we like doing things for our glory, even though at times, like, we may be trying to glorify God. Uh, I mean, obviously, we all fall short. And, I mean, we're just being able to just, like, if you give your best effort... Um, that's the way that brings God the most glory. Mm-hmm. And just kind of what ta- Carl was talking about, just make sure you're encouraging people, like, after races. Um, it goes a long way for some people. Yeah. Because, like, do you guys, like, definitely, have you ever, like, gotten caught up in, like, glorifying yourselves and not God? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. All the time. It's super easy to just kind of, like, fall into that thinking and make it about yourself and, like, making yourself your identity and not Christ. And, yeah, that's yeah. definitely always a struggle. Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree because it's like Christ is working through us. It's like we're not actually doing the stuff like he's actually working through us. So I definitely get caught up with glorifying myself and not God. But, you know, it's always good to, like, have people to help you with that and have, like, people to just help you. Like, even people who are, like, struggling, like, you could struggle together and then work together on how to, like, not do that. But I want to dive into some questions about, like, having good devotions and having, um, like, getting into the Bible. So, like, what does your routine look like when you do devotions? Like, do you do it in the morning? Do you do it in the night? Like, when do you guys do it, and, like, what does it look like? Um, usually I do morning uh, devotions or reading the Bible um, because it's, like, the easiest time when you're not as busy, like, because you're able to wake up and then do things after that. But if you do it at night, I tend to get, like, sidetracked or, like, oh, I want to be on my phone yeah. or something like that. Um, usually I, right now I'm going through Genesis, which is, uh, just kind of that I felt like God was calling me to read. Um, it's also something that's like pretty easy to understand. Mm -hmm. So, um, I try to, uh, read that a chapter every day and just like reflect on it and then like pray to God, like, 
that what I was reading that that would be significance in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I do the mornings too. I like to like I don't know. I get up in a shower and then I like it to be the first thing because it's kind of like it sets my mindset for the day and like gets me focused on that like right away. So yeah, um, I'm reading through First Thessalonians right now. Okay. Yeah, I liked how you guys talked about like doing the first thing because I like to do my devotions before I pick up my phone. Yeah. So like, cause like if I'm on my phone, like I see all my notifications and it's like I want to answer them. So then I don't pay it. So when I'm like reading my devotion, I get so distracted of yeah. oh, what did that person text me or something? So mm-hmm. I like that um, to do it first. So like I have my mind. Um, but like, what's like a good devotion book or plan to start with for people who are just like not they don't like have or they like they have like a hard time getting into devotions or they don't know where to start. A devotion, um, or like it could even be like a book of a Bible or something. Like, what's like an easier one to like start with? Definitely something in the Old Testament. I'd have to say. Okay, why? Um, usually, I mean, it's something uh, I don't even know. Yeah, probably that, because it's easier to understand. Like, it's not a ton of, like, principles all, like, mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Because New Testament's, like, full of, like, stuff that's harder to understand as, like, a new Christian or yeah. someone that's trying to get into the Word. Uh, but, like, the Old Testament's more of, like, a story. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely easier to follow along and to be able to, like, know characters and yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't necessarily have a devotion that I can pick out, but uh, definitely, like, something in the Old Testament's most likely gonna be best for you yeah because i feel like when people if they like just want to start getting into devotions or if they're like kind of like newer to this whole christian thing i think it can be hard to just dive right into Mm -hmm. the new testament because the new testament a lot of it is about the gospel and it's just like talking about how like this is a way you can get to jesus but it's like if they don't if they haven't like fully dive in dove into that already they could be confused and like have a lot of questions so i like where you talk about like getting into the Mm -hmm. old testament to, like, understand stuff a little bit more before you, like, dive right into the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just, like, getting started and, like, you're not going to understand everything at first, but, like, we were talking about in Bible class the other day, just, like, seeking to understand and asking God to help you, like, through that. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you're consistent and are going to read your Bible and, like, talk to God, like, he'll help you start to understand that more and more, and it'll help you grow in him. Yeah, and, like, why is it, like, so important for people to do devotions? Like, it's obviously, like, you know, like, God says, like, no, to, like, be in heaven, you just got to accept him and stuff. And, like, some people think, like, oh, well, I've accepted Jesus, I'm going to heaven, there's no need to do devotions. So, like, why is it so important to do that? Um, Because you need a personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the answer there. I mean, like, how are you supposed to believe in something that, you're like, okay, I believe in that, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exactly line up with, like, how we do things. Yeah. I mean, so definitely, and if you are believing in Jesus, it's definitely something that you want to do. Yeah. Like, something that you want to grow into. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like devotions are a really good way to get to know Jesus mm-hmm. a little bit more. It's easy to, like, feel like it's, like, a thing that you just, like, check off your like check off the box like just do it because you have to but like as you like grow in your faith and like it just starts to become something that like you can look forward to because like you can see the fruit of it and like how you're growing closer to god through that and like how he's using that in your life 
Yeah. I liked how you talked about, like, the devotion is kind of, like, something to check off the box. Because, like, sometimes, like, my heart's like, I really need to do my devotion and stuff like that. But there's other times where it's just, like, I just want to get this over with. So it starts becoming, like, a checkbox. And it's just, like, okay, I did my devotion for the day. Now it's moving on to the next thing where it's, like, you really need to, like, be consistent with it. Yeah. And I think just like running, like, we talked to, like, having bad races, like, Mm -hmm. there's going to be highs and lows in your, like, spiritual journey, like, in your walk with Christ, it's not all going to be easy. You're not always going to want, every morning you're not going to want to get up and read your Bible right away. And like, there's not going to be, every day is not going to be that easy. It's like, there's going to be hard days that you just don't really feel like it. Yeah. But just as you grow closer to God, like it gets better and better. Mm-hmm. At, at a, like a point in time in your lives, did you guys ever like struggle with like really getting into devotions and stuff like that? Um, I definitely say as a, at a young age, like, I don't know. It's definitely something probably like around 10 or 11 it's like something that like you know about god but you don't really do anything you yeah. don't really make a personal relationship with him uh, i would say up until like freshman year i didn't read the bible like at all mm-hmm. and that that might sound surprising to some people because i like i go to a christian school like yeah obviously i read the bible 24 7 mm-hmm. every single day but that's just not true and i mean i feel like coach o which was the bible teacher my freshman year I definitely think he, like, opened my eyes to that and made me, like, realize that I need to have a personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to be my friend. He wants to be there for me. Yeah. I feel like um, when I was at a younger age, too. Oh, sorry. Go. Go. Uh, yeah, I think my, like, I've, my parents have been, like, a really good example for mm-hmm. me in that area and just, like, encouraging me to get in my, my Bible every day from, like, a young age and, like, even if, like, right away it wasn't, it was more, like, them telling me to do it, but, like, over time, it, like, changed to me wanting to do it. Yeah. And so, like, I'm really thankful for the influence that they had on me, like, for that, like, just getting into the Bible every day. Yeah. Parents are really helpful, especially when you, like, struggle with it. But, like, as I was saying, like, when I was at a young age, I definitely think I did struggle with, like, getting into, like, devotions because I, I feel like at that time, like, I knew who Jesus was, um, kind of like what you said, Joel, and, like, I accepted him in my heart. But at the same time, I feel like I didn't have a desire that I wanted to know him, which, like, I feel like that that, that can be bad sometimes because, like, you, you really need to get to know Jesus because, like, um, like Jesus is, like, one, he'll be, like, your best friend when you get to know him. And it's, like, you really just have to have that desire to get to know him because if you don't, then it's, like, I feel like at some points you're just going to be lost without him. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's taking it from, like, actually believing it to actually, like, doing it and living it out. Like, you know you should be doing it, and you want to, like, be doing it. You're just not quite there. But, like, that's just part of the process and, like, growing into that. It's definitely something people struggle with all the time. So I struggle with it every day. Yeah, I definitely think, like, at least, I feel like at least at one point in time, everyone has struggled with it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. So it's, like, you're not alone, so so you don't have to feel, like, totally ashamed of it. But, like kind of like on the topic of like trying like it's kind of hard to get into it like definitely for me I know it's really hard for me to just sit down and read the bible because I feel like sometimes I just don't understand it and then like I feel like if I just don't understand it I'm not going to get anything out of it so like why do you think it's so hard for people to just like read the bible like straightforward yeah it's convicting to think about like how easy it is for like you just spend like 10 minutes scrolling through your phone or mm-hmm. even an hour. Like any of us could sit on the couch and just look at our phone for that long. But like how hard it is to actually like get into the Bible yeah. is like really hard to think about. And yeah, 
I'd say the biggest thing is just like making a habit of it and like making it something that's a part of your daily routine mm-hmm. and then just yeah yeah I feel like sometimes when you read the Bible you have to like challenge yourself with reading other things that you haven't read over and over because like yeah um like if you've like known the gospel for a while it's like so easy to just go through like the four books of the gospel and read like all the miracles Jesus did and like the parables and stuff because you understand that where like I think you really have to just like challenge yourself to go into like an old testament book or a book that's a little bit harder to read and like even if you don't understand it right away like definitely ask God for help to like yeah speak to you through that and like definitely seek out help from a parent or a pastor because like I definitely think we need to discipline ourselves sometimes just to like get into the word more and see what like Jesus is trying to tell us and definitely like listen for a calling if Jesus is like oh I want you to dive into this book don't like try to ignore him and say like no I don't because I'm not going to understand it like definitely accept it and be like okay I will trust you and I will trust that you will guide me through this yeah you kind of mentioned like the parent or like youth pastor to like help you but I think like accountability and having an accountability partner is like Mm -hmm. huge just like someone that you check in with and like make sure that you're both doing it all the time because it's an easy thing to just be like okay I don't feel like doing it today I'm not gonna do it so it's like having someone that you're like you be real with all the time and like you're just accountable to each other and talk about that regularly Yeah, and I definitely think, like, accountability, like, I feel like sometimes people think it has to be someone older, like a parent or mm-hmm. um, pastor or youth pastor, where it's, like, you know, your accountability partner partner could be, like, one of your, like, best friends or, like, someone, like, you're close to. Like, it doesn't, they don't yeah. have to be old or, like, older enough um, for them to keep you accountable. Like, anyone can do it. You just got to make sure you're choosing the right person to keep you accountable because if they have a tr- trouble with being accountable as a, at the same time, then it's, like, they're probably not the best person to have you keep accountable to. Yeah. 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 So, like, um, we kind of talked about how, like, um, it's really hard to get into the Word and stuff. So, like, why do you think so many kids today are, like, drifting away from the Lord or, like, drifting away from, like, getting into devotions and Bible and, like, kind of had it on the sideline? Like, do you think it's because of cell phones? Part of it, yeah. Yeah. I think huge distractions because those apps, those social media platforms are designed for you to – scroll and not mm-hmm. stop yeah to endlessly scroll um whereas like the bible it's like something like foreign to kids like i mean because the world that we grow up in is all cell phone all technology mm-hmm. but it's like it's weird for kids to pull up a book and like start reading like they yeah. don't want to do that like it's something that they have to think about and process yeah and whereas on your phone you can just sit there aimlessly and just look and just watch things yeah especially if it's like like, we talked about how the Bible can be difficult to read, so it's, like, if you don't, if you, like, pick it up and you don't understand it, it can be so easy to just yeah, talk just away. Yeah, just let and then, it go. Yeah, and then pick up your phone again and then just keep scrolling and scrolling, because yeah. I definitely know, I, you know, TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff, you can just scroll and scroll and scroll, but, like, it never satisfies me, and it mm-hmm. never will, like, give me, like, what I'm looking for, like, I'm looking for something, and I'll go on social media, and it's, like, why am I going to social media? I should be going to the word first to find it because mm-hmm. like the only thing that will like answer my questions or like fill me up is like Jesus and Jesus' word. Yeah. I think our culture today is like shifting away from like Christianity in general and like telling us to like like you were talking about that like the place we can find satisfaction yeah. is like in our phones and like social media and like just endlessly scrolling. But like just realizing that like the only true fulfillment we can find is in Christ. Yeah. And, like, 
when we're chasing those other things, like when we get, like we're never going to get there. Like mm-hmm. we're going to get something and then we're going to want more. And it's like, it's just never satisfying. And Christ is the only thing that's like fulfillment and like, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes um, kids that are a little bit younger feel like Christ can't satisfy you because it's like, I was kind of talking about this with Riley in the last episode. It's like, Christ, like, obviously, he's a real person, but he's, like, not physically here with us. Like, he's here in our hearts, and it's the Holy Spirit, but he's not, like, a physical person that I can, like, look at, like, you or Joel. So it's, like, I feel like some kids, like, have a hard time having Jesus satisfy them because they they can't see him right away. Like, do you guys, like, know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, you can't see him like he's not here. Like, that's why it requires, like, faith and faith is like something that's hard and like that's part of like it takes faith to believe yeah so yeah yeah because like i know jesus has definitely fulfilled me but like do you guys like find yourself like just going to the to like social media or your phones to find what you're looking for instead of the bible yeah yeah it's easy to turn to those things yeah but and like why is it so easy to turn to them good question I don't know, it's just the easy way out, because it's the, it's the thing that our body is telling us, oh, I need that. It's, I think maybe it's part of, partly Satan that's tempting us. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't want yeah. you to read the Bible. Yeah. I want you to be on your phone, go through social media, do other things that aren't for God's glory. And so, I mean, like, it's definitely something that we all struggle with, and I think our world's getting, like, going towards that, uh, that social media type thing, and... I mean, it's something that you have to overcome and you have to battle with, but um, it's definitely something that you should be able to overcome. And I mean, we can all, as long as you have someone that is there for you or an accountability partner, like we were talking about earlier, that definitely goes a long way and it can save you and like it can really make a difference Mm -hmm. in your spiritual walk. Yeah. I think I mentioned it when I was talking about like Mexicali, but just like realizing like how much time we spend like doing other things like We'll go to a sports practice for, like, an hour. We'll go play sports or whatever, and we'll be on our phone. Like, we'll hang out with friends, but, like, how little time we're actually willing to spend with Jesus and, like, get the, like, even if it's just 5 to 10, 15 minutes a day, like, how hard it is to get those that time in compared to just, like, doing all the things in our day. So just, like, being aware that, like, everything about our world and Satan doesn't want us to do those things Mm -hmm. and just, like, yeah. Yeah, I liked how, Joel, how you talk about, like, Satan is trying to pull us away because he doesn't want us to learn about God. But it's, like, I feel like when we go to social media, like, social media, like, you think it's a truth that it's, like, telling you a truth, but at the same time, but in reality, it's actually, like, a lie, but you think it's Uh a truth, but you don't want to admit that it is a lie. And it's, like, it's kind of heartbreaking to think that, like, that's where our world is going today. It's, like, they'd rather go to their phones than reading the Bible, and it's, like, so, like, tough to see that in real life. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to be wrong as, like, humans. We always want to be right about everything. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and it's like, you know, like, social media tells us so many lies where it's like, you really need to go to the Bible because that's just, it's all truth. Like, yeah. the Bible is never once going to lie to you, and Jesus is never going to once lie to you, where, like, social media is going to lie to you all the time. It's uh-huh. just, like we said before, um, we just want to believe it, and we don't want to admit when we're wrong because that's just, yeah. like, how our culture is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, one of my last questions is, like, how can we learn not to be ashamed of what we believe in? Because, like, I feel like since we're Christians, you know, a lot of, I feel like a lot of people can, like, hate what we believe in, in like, in our world today, where it's, like, how do we just need to learn not to be ashamed of it and just, like, 
um, be proud of what we believe in and be proud of that. Like we're following the real savior. Yeah. That's super like easy to get caught up in like what others think of you. But like ultimately it's just like realizing that like that's not what matters. Like the opinion of someone here on earth is like not what's going to last for eternity. Like we can have that opportunity to like make a difference for Christ and like be bold in that. And that's going to go way farther than just being scared and being quiet just because you're worried about what they think of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely something that, I mean, like we're definitely scared to speak out like openly about our faith because you get judged about it. Mm -hmm. And especially in the world that we live in today, people are judging Christians across the board. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of scary to think about, like you don't want people to like, not like you because mm-hmm. that's a yeah. that's something that we like to be popular and um but i mean honestly just being able to like just reach out to other people and being able to like sh- openly share your faith is something that you can it's hard to take that first step mm-hmm. but once you're there it's definitely something that i know me and carve experienced in mexicali yeah it definitely changes your life mm-hmm. yeah it's just like letting go of that like fear of like what people think and just like letting it all go and just, like, being willing to have that boldness. Yeah, because, like, Jesus wants us to be proud um, to, like, that we believe in him. And he wants us to live it out because, like, that's what he told us before he went up into heaven was, like, it's like the commission was, like, we need to go out and tell people about a world. Uh-huh. But, like, if we're ashamed of our faith and we're ashamed of to go and tell people about that, it's just, like, we're never going to fulfill that commandment or that commission that he gave us. So, like, do you guys find people that judge you uh, for what you believe in or when you try to share? Um, yes. I mean, in a way, like, there's definitely been times at, um, even at being Christian, like, people, like, uh, like, at chapel, like, last year when I would sing mm-hmm. during services, people would give me weird looks. Yeah, I'm like, definitely. okay, well, I definitely took that personally, and I'm like, okay, that's definitely strange. I, I don't like being the guy that's mm-hmm. singing his heart out, but... It's definitely something that I know that I have to do because it brings God glory. Yeah. I mean, he wants us to sing to him. So, I mean, it's definitely something that you you may not be the most popular person around school or that you may not be loved by, I mean, maybe even your teachers mm-hmm. if you go to public school. But if you're willing to step out in your faith, I know that means so much in the long run. Yeah. Anything else, Carter? (laughs) No? Well, yeah, I definitely think, like, because I feel like I definitely have had friends that are, like, you go to a Christian school, well, everyone's Christian. And it's, like, I really liked that one chapel last year when Dr. Mears, like, highlighted, like, just because we go to a Christian school doesn't mean everyone's Christian. So Uh it's, like, um, sometimes, uh, like, it's people think it's easier at a public school to try to share the gospel or, like, at a Christian school. Um, people have that thought again where like oh everyone's Christian they all know the gospel so why should I take my time to share it here when it's like sometimes the people here just really need to hear it and Uh they really need to like um, understand it and they just really want to understand it but I definitely feel you when you talked about how like people judge you when you sing because I feel like that happens at a lot of our school but like um, definitely a lot of the time since we're human we definitely will take it personally but like we just need to like take into practice like we just need to not be ashamed and just like you know, it's like who cares what they think it's like you know mm-hmm. we have this light of Jesus and like we just need to show it and I um, I feel definitely think that um, when people see us like worshiping they're probably thinking in their mind what is it that they have and why are they so proud to um, like 
worship like Jesus, you know? Yeah, yeah, I want other people. Like, I would love it if someone came up to me, like, and, like, why are you, why do you act that way? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. yeah if, we're, if it's, like, we're, like, truly living for Christ, like, people should be, like, going against us. And, like, like in times in the Bible, it's, like, you know you're doing something right if, like, Satan's going against you in that way. Yeah. And so, like, just being bold enough to, like, have people come against you. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, when people, like, you talk about how you want people to come up with that. Have Like, do you ever think at one point in time, like, fear might just kick in at that point and you just, like, would not share at all? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that, um, like, you kind of freeze up and you're, like, uh, do I want to do this? Do I really? But... Um, definitely with prayer, I mean, like, I'm being able, like, knowing that God has my back. Like, yeah. there's nothing that I can say that will mess something up, like, mm-hmm. ruin someone's, um, possible faith, but, um, being able to, like, share with them, it's just, like, o- opening the Holy Spirit into yeah. their heart and allowing them to have a personal relationship with God. Yeah, and if we're willing, like, God will use us, so, like... It's just being willing to take that step. And then, like, when the conversation comes, just trust that, like, God can use you and will use you uh, to do his purposes. Yeah, because, like, we definitely need to just, like, take every chance that we get to share the gospel. We just need to share it, and we just need to not back down. And I liked how you talked about, like, God will definitely back you up and stuff. Oh, yeah. He's got your back. Yeah. Well, we have had a fun time on the (laughs) podcast today, and I can't wait to bring you guys back. We'll be back one day. You'll be back one day. And wow. you might have Episode 500? Episode 500, yeah. But you guys will have to come up with a jingle. Oh. Okay. Well, I need someone to give me a jingle. That sounds right up Joel's alley. I can, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can work on it. You can work on I it? I can work on it. Awesome. I'll need it by tomorrow, okay? No. <laughs> okay. Give me some time. Well, I'm going to have to call it the choir team. Until next time, guys. Okay.